Hey everyone, welcome to Reformed Podmatics, hosted by the pastors of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. It's Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey, and this podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Reformed Podmatics. I am Pastor Zach. And I'm Pastor Mark. And today we are going to be picking up a theme that has been touched on recently Mm -hmm. in one of Mark's sermons in our evening service this past weekend, this past Lord's Day, uh, where we are going through the book of Acts. And one of the things that that Mark noticed, which was a great sermon, was about the theme uh, of, or the, the, the tone of our speech, particularly when we are communicating the truths of scripture when we are preaching the gospel. Um, so this goes for not just when pastors are preaching, although that was a part of the, the message, uh, but how do we present the gospel to people? Mm-hmm. How do we talk to people about spiritual things? What should be some of the markers of our tone? Mm-hmm. In our world today, it's very easy to divorce, I think, content from form in the sense that we can uh, think that as long as we're teaching the right content, saying the right words uh, to somebody, that it doesn't matter how how it comes across, the, the mm. form in which that happens, so to speak. And so as long as you're telling somebody truth, well, then you have no problem whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's, it's okay to march up to somebody and say, you are a sinner, you are going to hell. Mm. Um, and because the truth is there, <laughs> yeah, uh, could that, be that, true that that, yeah. that that it would be justified then because hey, you've done a bold and courageous thing, uh, and so we we want to talk a little bit today about how to thoughtfully and biblically wed uh, the content of what we teach and preach with the way in which this would happen. And what's interesting is that as we dig into scripture, which we hope to do a lot of in this particular episode we find that the scriptures do give us a pretty good and clear uh, roadmap, so to speak, for how uh, we should be doing this, not mm-hmm. just for what we should say, but how we are to say it. And it does this both by giving us various descriptions of how this happens, particularly with the book of Acts, uh, but also we see various prescriptions. We're told how to do this uh, also in scripture. And so a lot of this mm-hmm. comes down to how we think about what the gospel is as far as its content and Christian ethics, how we are to live and how we are to communicate the truths of the gospel to people uh, in a way that will be compelling, in a way that will be clear, in a way that will be concise, and in a way in which the grace of God will be put on full display for them, but also God's wrath, God's mm-hmm. justice as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think we might be surprised that well, the listener may be surprised mm-hmm. that there are so many passages in Scripture which do really talk about how we are to speak. Yeah, there the content of preaching gets much attention for good reason, and um, we give a lot of attention to that. In our last couple podcasts, we've done one on fundamentalism and some of the content of hmm. fundamentalistic beliefs um, and liberalism and some of the... the uh, the content there that we find is wrong based on what the Bible teaches. And we talked about this a little bit in our last episode on liberalism where um, 
there, there can be at times a tone of um, weakness and um, a, a quick, almost being too quick to apologize for the difficult things that the Bible says. And so um, in my sermon, I just noted there is um, a, a popular spirit among uh, many ministers today where if somebody is upset by something that happened in the church, some, somebody is upset by part of a sermon, the knee-jerk reaction, particularly among millennials, our age group, is to say, I must have messed up. I must not have been careful enough. Okay. I must have not nuanced my speech enough. And so that's why this person is rejecting Christ or rejecting the Word of God or some, some part of God's law. Um, it's, it's sort of a quickness to apologize, and often yeah. I think that is actually a form of cowardice. And so um, we're going to be talking a lot about tone. What is the, the tone of a good message? Of course, this isn't just for pastors to listen to, um, and I hope they do, and I hope they understand what tone is uh, required of preaching the Word of God, but also what kind of tone are you consuming regularly um we're well we're we're well aware that people in our church listen to podcasts and watch youtube and um you know ben shapiro and bill maher and Hmm. each of them have a tone to them and 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 of course good christian ministers as well have a, a certain tone to their preaching and so we can ask based on scripture is it biblical um not just the content but the attitude that is being represented to me in a Sunday morning sermon or in some media that I'm consuming. Yeah, this will be definitely difficult to to tell. I mean, sometimes it, or it is true that tonality is is open to interpretation yeah. in some ways. Uh, and it's going to change a little bit from one sermon to another based on yeah. the text. Yeah. That's for good reason. Well, that's a, there's a yeah, great reason for that because our tone should, as far as possible, match the tone of the text. Yeah. Um, this is a lesson I remember learning uh, several years ago just from, from John Piper. I think it was in one of his podcasts, Ask Pastor John, that I listened to back in college, yeah. which has always stuck with me. Um, wherever I heard it from him, it still is in my mind, and I think it's absolutely true. A passage like, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, should have a very, the preaching of that passage should have a different tone than something where, where Jesus is calling the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we should pause and think about how our sermons match the tone of the text. Uh, that's a huge thing to say. But I think a lot of times, too, um, I, I would say there's also a third category of tone. Uh, there's the people who are too mean, you could <laughs> yeah, say, just people who are too yep. nice, yep. and then the third category is people who are too silly. Uh, mm. They're not; they don't have the sort of solemnity or seriousness that is required of the preaching of God's word. These are matters of life and death. These are very, very eter- important, eternal matters, and so yeah. these are not something we take lightly. I think a lot of what happens in evangelical preaching is a triviality mm. uh, to preaching. Uh, where there's a there's it's there's a overly uh, I don't know it's overly fun yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it uh, it's it's trite and I think over the long term while while it's easy to listen to for the for a while mm-hmm. it begins to trivialize the the seriousness of the Christian faith and it, it hollows it hollows it out and sort of empties it of 
of its true power. Um, And so that is also a danger that we are to watch out for. And so it was, it was good hearing from your sermon this past Sunday, Mark, where you mentioned Titus two, where uh, Paul tells to tells Titus in your teaching show integrity, seriousness and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. Um, And so our integrity should be, should be noticed. What we're preaching should be what we're living. Seriousness should be taken note of that, that, that it's, it is serious. This isn't to say that you can't ever drop a joke or have yeah. something that's that's funny or a story that that is funny, uh, but the the overall weight of the passage and the, the mm. overall thrust of the of the of the sermon should have a strong tone of seriousness. Um, not because we like to be drab and boring yeah. and dull, but because these are weighty matters. Uh, and then a soundness of speech so that our doctrine should be true. Our doctrine should be. Uh, scriptural. Yeah, clear. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, something else John Piper actually said where um, he was once talking with a church planter and he said, how how are you doing? How are things going for you? And the church planter said, man, we're just having a blast. We're having a blast planting this church. And hmm. and so it, it's just, um, Piper responded to that by saying, is it it's not bad that they have fun and that they enjoy their job. That's a, it's a good thing to enjoy your job. But would ministry be described as having a blast? <laughs> no, no, not really. I mean, there there are times when when you and I have a lot of fun in a conversation, and yeah. there are VBS week. I, I I say we have a blast for part of VBS <laughs> week usually, and yeah. and that's fun. But overall, the tone of ministry must be serious. Yeah. Um, and so that struck John Piper as strange to say that about ministry. I think that one of the goals of much modern evangelical worship is having a blast. Yeah. You know, um, and so totally. I um I think that that is unbiblical basically mm-hmm. to to have that be the goal of um, a worship service or a sermon. Um, had a blast at church today. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be occasionally true, and we could get emotionally charged by what happens at church, but. It's it's serious. Like I said in my sermon, we're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about, um, you know, if you look at the Heidelberg Catechism, um, the transformation of the unregenerate person into the one who is born again in a new creation is hmm. night and day. Yeah. It is somebody who is dead into somebody who is alive. By nature, I hate God and the people around me. And we're transformed into people who love God and love the people around us. That's that's not a trivial matter that we can just sort of joke about, and so that that's one of Certainly. the one of the um, the tonal uh, issues I'd say of <laughs> evangelical preaching, and um, there, there's many others. Uh, we, I guess, maybe just if we want to backtrack a tiny bit, I'd say that sure. there, you notice there are a few errors. Um, I think the two big ones are that bold style of preaching, that abrasive. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who's who does the selfie video while while he's sitting in his car and he um, just lets it rip. Yeah, just because he's so <laughs> angry at the government about the pandemic, and this happened a lot weirdly during the the pandemic, where um, yeah. people were just some of these videos went viral of this guy just yelling basically at his phone. He's like supposed to be a minister somewhere, <laughs> and he doesn't care who he offends because he's just gonna. Mm-hmm gonna go crazy and well, he's speaking the truth he, so hey, just he's, let, let he's just like jesus in the temple throwing over the tables and um and that's 
becomes a shtick for mm-hmm. a lot of ministers, and it does go viral because not just because Christian people like to see that courage, but I think a lot of non-believers watch that stuff and they just laugh at it. It's a joke to them. Yeah, and and so um, that's one error I would say. That's one ditch to fall into is overly brazenness, no care for the flock. Um, yeah, and the opposite, of course, is to be overly nuanced and never preach from Ephesians 5 and call husbands (laughs) to sacrifice for the sake of their wives and wives to submit to their husbands and that's just what the Bible says and so that's what we're going to say but but there's there's ways of explaining that away in Mm -hmm. in many contexts and cultures today and and so it I would be surprised even in some cases if that passage is even preached on in the first place but even when it is to to wiggle our way out of saying those things that sound kind of offensive to our 21st mm-hmm. century American ears. So that's the other issue as well is to be too nuanced. But I like your addition of kind of a glibness, a, um, yeah. um, an, a l- lack of seriousness. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the corrections to that person who is abrasive and, and just, you know, culture warrior mm-hmm. um, is definitely Galatians 6 verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Hmm. And um, Philippians 2, where we find the description of Jesus as um, being humble, taking on the nature of a servant, um, yeah. uh, being submitting himself to death, even death on a cross. And your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, to give yourself up to be humble in spirit. Um, Jude 22 and 23, have mercy on those who doubt. Hmm. Have mercy on them. Be merciful and compassionate towards them. And then, interestingly, in that same passage of Jude, save others by snatching them out of the fire. So there's the urgency side of it. Yeah. Um, that's what we're doing on Sunday. It's no small thing that happens in a sermon. Some may be snatched from the fire of hell hmm. as the result of hearing God's word. And show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. And so um, there's a lot, there's a fine line, I guess, to walk. The The double ditch road is, is a narrow road, I think, in, in a yeah. lot of cases here. Yeah, I think what you said about being overly nuanced is it really rings true, like you said, for a lot of younger mm. preachers, a lot of younger Christians, for things to, to that you're going to say, for them to die the death of a thousand qualifications. Yeah, right. That's what I. That's how I like to think of it. Because when you overqualify something, you can you can really uh, empty it of its of its truth and of its power. Hmm. And so when we do preach on passages in particular that are um, sort of on the boundary line between what is considered controversial in our in our world, uh, we need to all the more stand with backbone. Um, and with truth. Another thing though that I think comes to mind is that we need as we especially as we're listening to preachers or if we are if you are a preacher to always keep in mind uh, if whether or not you're preaching to the choir it's easy mm. to be very bold yeah uh, when you're when you're going to be complimented on it. Uh, it's going to be a lot harder when you're going to get down from the pulpit and you're gonna have angry, angry people calling you out or you're going to have people questioning you um, to be bombarded with those things. That's going to be what's really difficult. And so 
while I think we do see boldness more on the conservative side and kindness more on the liberal side, on certain issues, you will see yeah. certain yeah. certain times where those or that's flipped. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that is interesting. Where you'll see you'll see very liberal people becoming very bold and very biblical on certain issues, or at least they're trying to stand on the Bible yeah. about when the Bible tells us to you know uh, love justice to yeah. to walk humbly with our God to relentlessly care for the poor, to poor care for the poor. And so yeah. there's a boldness there uh, when they're going to be calling people out, but often, and they're going to be calling people out from congregations that already agree with them for the most part. And so we need to be bold despite who our audience is essentially. Um, and this goes back to what I said, I think last episode about Tota Scriptura if we're going to be people who really believe all of scripture, the the total scripture, there's going to be times where we're going to have to say things that may ruffle some feathers in our own congregations around our own community of friends uh, that will cause us to look a little bit different. And so we need to, we're not just trying to be bold or trying to be nice. We're trying to be biblical Mm -hmm. and to not back down from, from that, at any point. And so it's easy to preach the sermon where we're going to walk away and get congratulated. I've preached those sermons because uh, there's, there's texts that sometimes people in, in our area mm-hmm. like to hear. Um, <laughs> and there's going to be t- times where you're going to get more questions and you're going to yeah. get more uh, eyebrows raised, but nevertheless to, we need to preach with the same kind of boldness because we believe God's word. Yeah, well, and Jesus said you cannot serve both God and money. Um, we could certainly add to that. You cannot serve both God and your desired reputation as yeah. the nice guy or the pre- or you know the preacher everyone likes all the time. And mm-hmm. um, as you as you describe that, I I was thinking I'm actually not that concerned in our church, and I'm going to brag on our church for a little <laughs> bit um, because. When a church wants to hear the word of God and yeah. they see that they've heard God's word, yeah. I I don't really hear yeah. people who are upset about that. Like if it's strongly rooted. So I, I mentioned vaccines for a, a good portion of one of my sermons hmm. uh, probably uh, half a year ago or so when it was this big issue. Yeah. And we've got people in church who are very anti-vax mm-hmm. and others in our church who are very pro-vax. Yeah. Um, and I, I, what I was, my part of my text was man looks at the outward appearance and God looks at the heart. And so um, trying to help people see yeah. this is not about a vax or anti-vax. This is about what's happening in your heart when you go to the doctor or when you talk about vaccines or whatever else. And hmm. I, I didn't hear a single critique. And that is absolutely hmm. not because I was so nuanced in <laughs> dealing with it. It was, it was almost the opposite. It was that the church wanted to hear the word yeah. And they wanted to hear an application of the Bible to something happening today and um, working to um, com- convey that. I think, again, I sort of brag on our church because I think we have a church of people that when the word is presented, they will just value that. Mm-hmm. And they might have disagreed. I, people have told me yeah. before, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with everything, but I'm like, good, let's talk yeah. about it together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that comes through in tone as well. Yeah, an invitation to yeah. to follow up. And I think I, yeah. I, I might have given that. I'm like, look, 
I, I know I, I, when I preached on creation from, um, I believe it was Job 38, yeah, I said, I that. I, I'd love to talk about creation and the different views of creation after the worship service. Today, we're going to focus on Job 38, um, but let's talk about these things afterwards. And I've even had sort of a town hall after I, I gave a sermon on homosexuality at one point, bring your questions. And hmm. um, a visitor to, to our church was very upset about something that I had said and we yeah. talked about it, and I, I tried to communicate with love the Word of God. But overall, I've experienced a church that is hungry for the Word mm. is going to just want to hear that that Word. And yeah. and if, if they're confident that it's there, probably won't have a lot of complaints. Yeah, it's interesting to be thinking about this because uh, my text, and I would agree with you that Ammon Valley is, is good. They, it's okay to just hear the Word. That's what people want. Uh, I'm preaching this Sunday evening on on Acts 4, oh, verses yeah. 32 through 37, which is almost a repeti- repetition of yeah. what is recorded in Acts 2 mm-hmm. at the end of uh, Peter's sermon there. Uh, people selling their goods, their properties, their mm-hmm. houses, and and pooling their funds together so that nobody will be in need um, amongst the, the body of Christians. And so some people look into this and might just say, oh, well, communism was yeah. what the Christians or, or were socialism. all Socialism, yep. Yeah, or yeah, socialism. Yeah, and so... <laughs> That, so some people may get really, really uh, excited about that. If you're, you know, a Christian Marxist, if there is such <laughs> a thing, and you may say, "Yep, here we go, biblical grounding," and I'm going to be very bold to my congregation tonight as I preach this. Yeah. Other people may may want to have this text die the death of a thousand qualifications, mm, yeah. where you overqualify it so where it doesn't really uh, actually make anybody walk out feeling like they they should be generous and they should be meeting the needs of those around them. Um, because that I think that should be happening uh, as we read that text, and so I hope that that will come through uh, in my sermon on Sunday evening. That there, but we should really consider our yeah. own generousness, and that should cut us to the heart. And so, well, that's a great case in point because the tone of that is, "Wow, look how much these people love each other." Yeah, and and so if you get the tone of that text right, that's exactly you're actually going to avoid yeah. those extreme sides of like being that that social justice warrior using yeah. this text to like bludgeon these conservatives <laughs> who don't yeah. want to pay taxes, you know, like, um, yep. and that's not the tone of the text at all. No. Um, but neither is it. I'm going to keep mine. I'm, I'm going to, mm-hmm. um, and Josh Garrels, uh, has a great line in one of his songs, protect my 90% with my guns, <laughs> you know? And, and, and that can be the mentality of, of, of some people who, man, I'm going to give 10%, but after that, it is mine, and no one's getting a dime. Yeah, And so, like, that's not the attitude of the text either, and you you certainly can't get, that's the opposite of that. But if you get the tone right, people are just going to listen pretty well to it. Yeah. But that's that's a that's a passage that just comes yeah. to mind where it's easy to to yeah. make it to whittle away at what it's actually really saying. Sure. Uh, and while it is descriptive, and therefore it's not prescriptive, it's not telling us that we need to do this. I think the thrust is that we should be questioning our own generosity um, and be wondering, how can I be as generous as I can possibly be? Yeah. Um, and how can I be a cheerful giver? Yeah, uh, one of one of John Calvin's correctives to this is a quote. I, it's a paraphrase. I, I've looked for the quote, and I can't exactly find it, but I know one of my professors <laughs> quoted John Calvin in this way, and he basically said, the shepherd needs two voices, one to comfort the sheep and the other to frighten the wolves. And I think um, that is so often, that that gets to that double-ditch issue here is 
there are those shepherds, those pastors who love comforting the sheep and will never say anything controversial, um, won't even really take a stand on a debatable thing. Um, and then there are those other shepherds who their only voice, like the Mark Driscoll type, frighten the wolves, scare the wolves, shock people into following me, and um, people would just leave those services week after week feeling hmm. burdened more than comforted, encouraged, fed in a healthy way. Yeah, that is a really great quote. For So we don't just become uh, univocal or univocal. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> For one, just sort of a, uh, a one-note preacher, you might say. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. We have to be able to have some backbone. And that's, that's the, uh, I think, the paradox of pastoral work. Mm. Um, we, we Often, whenever I see the word, the adjective pastoral, <laughs> it means just be kind. Yeah, nuance. Be really and, nice. Yeah, right. Um, but <laughs> yeah. being pastoral also means, uh, no, you're in sin right now. Yeah. Uh, this this cannot be happening. This is not good, and your soul is at stake here. Uh, that's a, also a pastoral thing, and so I think that's what Calvin is getting at here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when he says that we we need to do we need to have these two voices. And I found that people appreciate that a lot of times is is that stark acknowledgement yeah. of. This is wrong, mm-hmm. because if, if somebody comes into my office and maybe we have an elder and it's a it's a some people who have some issues going on and and we say nice things and they leave and they're like, but I know my life is really messed up. That wasn't helpful. I just yeah. feel like crap all the time. And and if they come in and we get serious and we say. Yeah, no wonder things are falling apart. It's uh, mm. you guys don't spend any time together as a family, and that it's God's word that you you do this together. You you read the word together, and you get serious yeah. about it. You don't be a jerk about it, but say, mm-hmm. oh, "Look at, please read Deuteronomy six when you guys go home as a family, and mm. try to make that happen for the next week." Then people like, okay, that's challenging to them. Yeah, but they may also be kind of refreshed and having a direction to go yep exactly um, it, it's it's a it's a major lie that niceness will lead to people feeling good about things it's mm-hmm. so often the case like c.s lewis once said the the most progressive person is sometimes the first one who turns around when going the wrong way hmm. and, and so um that's partly the the role of the minister is to say whoa 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 let's all turn around and it's going to be hard to backtrack but We've got to get on the right path. Yeah. So that is that voice of being able to frighten the wolves. Yeah. Uh, is to to say something that will genuinely shock, not just for the shock factor, mm-hmm. but will get somebody to deeply reconsider, seriously reconsider the way of their life. Um, In so, love. In love. Yeah. yeah. And that, that I think that's a great point. It was, as you were sharing that, I thought of my other John Calvin quote about, <laughs> about how we speak where he makes the point in the, it's somewhere in the institutes i don't remember the exact uh, reference myself but he says i consider looseness of words no less of a defect than looseness of the bowels and i think that that goes for the point of we should have some nuance yeah <laughs> we should yeah. be be speaking uh clearly and and qualifying what we say mm-hmm. so people can clearly get what we're what we're trying to get at uh we don't want to say nuance is bad nuance is appropriate in many times and places um and I think that this fits also with what Paul says in Colossians 4, um, where he, he's thinking about how we speak to, towards those who are outside the church. Mm-hmm. And he's asking the church in Colossae to, he says, at the same time, pray also for us 
that God may open a door for the word. This is in chapter four of Colossians. Mm-hmm. And he says, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. So help us to declare the word, the he's mystery of Christ. He's, he's in preaching. prison. And he, <laughs> yeah. So he's saying things that are not uh, making people happy. Yeah. Uh, we can get that. He says, pray that I may make it clear, mm-hmm. which is how I ought to speak. Uh, clearness uh, means I think what what it clearly says. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that will include some explanation, some nuance. Uh, but sometimes it will just keeping it keep it simple. Yeah. So verse five, he says, um, he commands the church in Colossae, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Yeah. Uh, this is a great. Uh, commandment from Paul. It's a great exhortation for how we are to speak. Uh, we should be those who speak graciously. Uh, so this does mean that we should be kind. Our, all of our yeah. speech and our preaching, I would conclude as well, given the context, should be gracious. Um, if we're going to be preaching the gospel, we have to be gracious. Yeah. The gospel is the message of God's grace for sinners, and it should be seasoned with salt. And so we should be thoughtfully uh thinking through our words we should think before we speak uh, there's there's been times where i've had conversations with people about the gospel and i get angry and i've said things in anger mm. and i have not done this well at all mm-hmm. or i've not been gracious I, I mean, what i've said was not seasoned with with salt but it was spiteful it was angry uh, and that is i lost my cool and mm-hmm. i had to talk to that person uh, and and ask for their forgiveness I certainly did not help my cause, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. well, and I, just as we start to close, I think um, the, the the listener of the sermon should should know that this minister loves me. Yeah. You know, like in how the tone of the word is coming forth. And by that, I don't mean in a, a 21st century American interpretation of seeing that this person loves me by just affirming me, tolerating me, agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. I think in the the person the listener should say this person loves me according to the biblical definition of love, which rejoices in the truth yeah. and um is is patient and kind and um uh clear like you said from Colossians 4. There is a a way of showing love that is um just gets down to cl- like representing things clearly and well. And so I think that the errors that we talked about both reflect a lack of love for the church. The the brazen, abrasive pastor is not showing love for the church as much as probably building his own ego through this sermon. He, he is the one with all the answers, and he is going to tell you how it is. I think people would walk away from that being, well, I don't really feel loved by that pastor. I just feel like he was up there putting on a show. Yeah. And then on the opposite side, the the cowardly minister who nuances everything so much that they never say anything clearly, somebody would walk away and be like, I, I did not feel loved by that because I just don't even know what that was. Mm-hmm. I don't really know the truth. I don't know the word of God more than I did when I walked into church today. So um, I guess that's that's my final word is that the the tone should be one of biblical love for the church. Yeah. Um, I've said to um, to the church occasionally, I'll say this at congregational meetings, that I became a pastor because I want to love God's people by preaching and by telling them his word. Yeah. And so that's the way that I show 
my love towards God personally, and that's the way that I show my love to the church is to preach the word for them and to them and try to do that well. Yeah. And, and so, uh, again, I'm not perfect just like you, Zach. I, I definitely have not done well at times in my tone, particularly in conversation. This can be a little bit more difficult than than a crafted sermon. Yeah, that's um, true. And so to be mindful of our tone in interpersonal conversations, that's something I can improve at. But um, hopefully we're growing in grace, um, the yeah. grace of Christ, so that we're able to communicate the gospel better. Yes, we hope that this has helped you guys as you think about the preaching that you hear on a regular basis, as well as how you uh, aim to present and to teach the gospel to those around you. So we thank you guys for listening, and we are excited to be back again with you next week. All right, see you.